0: Greetings ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Tempcast, episode number four. Today I'm joined by Eric.
1: Hey guys, glad to be back.
0: And also special guest, Steven.
1: Hey guys, how's it going?
0: And they call me the John. (laughs) Tonight we're starting off real big with a really big announcement. Nintendo prematurely ended their Mario 35th anniversary and started their Zelda 35th anniversary as well. With a major game announcement, a new game in the Legend of Zelda series, and it's actually in canon. Probably, hopefully. It's called Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. Uh, Guys, have you heard of this?
2: I have. Yeah, it it sounds like it's going to be fun. I don't know if I agree that it's going to be
1: canon, but it does look pretty good to me. I mean, it's pretty definitively canon in the Breath of the Wild timeline though, right? Oh, is it? Yeah, that's kind of the whole thing. It's, uh, it takes place 100 years before Breath of the Wild started. Hmm, okay. I'll, <laughs> I, I just ate my words. There you go. I know that the, uh, <laughs> the earlier Hyrule Warriors game
2: isn't considered canon, uh, but yeah, that's pretty cool. That said, Zelda canon is kind of all over the place anyway, but anyway, it does look like a good game.
0: Has so anybody played any uh, Hyrule Warriors or Dynasty Warriors games before? Anybody? Uh,
2: I haven't. Yeah, I I haven't played... I guess I played a little bit of the first Hyrule Warriors, and I played uh, a little bit of Dynasty Warriors, but I played a lot of One Piece Pirate Warriors 2 and 3. They they all kind of play about the same. It's It's sort of mindless, fun, repetitive gameplay where you just kill or defeat just hordes and hordes of enemies with really strong characters. But it's a good way to sort of vent your frustration at the world by killing a bunch and so many things it's it's so great
0: so but it's it's not very deep gameplay but it's fun steven i know you played uh breath of the wild so could you please explain to us what the calamity was what it is but not like in detail to spoil it for us because maybe one day we're going to get switches and finish that game So could you please, like, briefly explain what Calamity is and why it's important?
1: Yeah, so this game, Age of Calamity, is going to take place about 100 years before Breath of the Wild does. And it'll show this uh, Calamity Ganon, this big catastrophic event that essentially destroyed the world and uh, cast these four big separate societies that made up Hyrule in this universe to the winds. And we'll show Zelda, Link, and the four leaders of those societies trying to fight Ganon in the original battle that, you know, you kind of know from Breath of the Wild that he ends up winning. But it really suits the uh, Warriors gameplay style, because like Eric said, you're fighting giant swarms of en- enemies and, you know, just taking out hundreds or thousands of people at a time. So it fits the scale of this giant cataclysmic world-ending event, which I think is really cool. I think is pretty interesting. And the thing that I like about it is where Breath of the Wild has such a unique tone and setting for the Zelda series, like, it's one of the only ones that feels very defined and separate from everything else. I like that this sub-series is kind of getting a little bit of expansion, it's getting a little bit more of a solid timeline, because like Eric was saying, the Zelda timeline is usually kind of all over the place, there's not really a lot of strict continuity there, and apparently Koei Tecmo has been working really closely with the core Zelda team on this one to maintain the tone, to keep the you know, just to get uh, dialogue in certain aspects of the world right. So I think that's really interesting. I think it's cool just to see them kind of lock down and try to create a more solid world than Zelda usually has for this.
0: Yeah, it's definitely really interesting how Nintendo basically um, gave the keys to one of their biggest franchises. Like, the key to its lore, to its IP, to a third-party developer and Basically, said, okay, you guys can work with us to make like a game that's basically in canon. And it's gonna be like a prequel to Breath of the Wild, and the sequel to Breath of the Wild is gonna come soon. So, very soon, like Breath of the Wild is gonna be an entire trilogy of Zelda games. Now, I might be wrong about this, but I, I think this is the first time, like in Zelda history, that there are three games, soon to be three games. That take place in the same uh, universe, I guess, mm-hmm. or No, timeline? I think that's wrong. Really? Okay. Yeah.
2: Uh, yeah. So there's three different timelines, right? Oh God. <laughs> yeah. Right. Everything's. I'm just gonna be really quick about this. Everything started with Skyward Sword, followed by Minish Cap, and then Ocarina of Time. And in Ocarina of Time, there were basically two endings: one where Link goes back to the past, and one where it was where he. Um, The the timeline that he left and that created two splits and then nintendo said you know what we're going to create a third alternate reality split where link lost to ganon so now you have three timelines right the child timeline adult timeline and failure timeline so basically. All of the not all, but most of the like 2d and old games they fall in the failure timeline, then you have the kid timeline which turns into I believe twilight princess Four swords adventure and a couple others. And then you have the adult timeline, which is Wind Waker, Phantom Hourglass, and uh, Spirit Tracks. So, Phantom Hourglass, Spirit Tracks, and and um, Wind Waker, those those like cartoony ones, those are kind of a trilogy, even though it's two different links. Oh yeah,
0: yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah.
2: And then the the link from a link to the past, I believe, is the same one, is Oracle of Ages and Seasons, and also I think the same one is the one from. Link's Awakening. I think that's all the same guy. He's my favorite Link. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, and then there's also the connection between uh, Majora's Mask and Ocarina of Time. I know I said I'd keep this short, but I didn't. No, keep going. Uh, I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, there's, there's a couple different links around a lot of different games, but this is sort of, I guess, the first time where it's like clearly a trilogy of one Link where you have Breath of the Wild And then you have the prequel, which will be Age of Calamity, and then you'll have the sequel, which is Breath of the Wild 2, where it's very clear it's all one story. Similar to Wind Waker, but that was two different links. There you go.
1: And they're also a lot more united on one system here. They're all going to be available on the Wii U, whereas the Wind Waker one was GameCube, and then the other two were on DS, I think, right? I was going to say, what you were saying about how it all starts with Skyward Sword into Orcarino Time, I'll, a lot of that is unofficial, right? That's like fan speculation and fan...
2: Nope. Yeah, Hyrule Historia came out a couple, more than a couple years ago that clarified that there were three timelines. Before that, it was speculated that there were two, and I was sort of on that train of there were two timelines. But then Nintendo said that, I disagree, I don't like the fact that there's three, I think that there should have only been two, but officially there is three. The problem i have with the third one is that it's sort of like the downfall timeline is like speculation like what if like what if link lost again in ocarina of time that's where all of my favorite games go and i'm like that's not fair <laughs>
1: So, but that's how it is. It's <laughs> kind of fun though. It's a little dark. Does Breath of the Wild factor in any of that? Or I guess that hadn't been around. That
2: yet. hasn't been around. I think that they threw it in somewhere officially, but I don't know for sure. I think there's another theory that eventually all three of the timelines come together and that they, it, because Breath of the Wild has elements from the Wind Waker universe and from the Twilight Princess universe and from the A
1: Link to the Past universe. So it sort of links them all together. I think it has elements of Ocarina of Time as well, because I remember a few locations almost look like dilapidated versions of things you'd see in uh, Ocarina of Time's Hyrule.
2: Yeah, but that was also back
1: when the timelines were all united anyway.
2: Yeah, but I'm just saying it takes elements from everything. So a theory um, is that it just takes place so long in the future that somehow all of the timelines come together. In fact, I sort of have a headcanon where the original Hyrule Warriors kind of brought them all together, but that's not... (laughs) been very fleshed out. Wait,
0: wait, yeah. wait, one second. I'll just ask one question, you know. You don't have to answer it, but... I've never played Skyward Sword, but I've played Ocarina of Time. And, uh... You're trying to tell me that Skyward Sword takes place before Ocarina of Time. And Ocarina of Time literally starts with Link waking up in the Kokiri village. Different Link. As, like an 11-year-old child who's never even held Mm -hmm. a sword before. But you're trying to tell Mm -hmm. me that before that, Skyward Sword, the entire game happened.
2: Yes. I'm telling you that it was a different Link and a different Zelda and a different Ganon. Oh, no. Same Ganon. Same Ganon. Wait. Oh, no. Ganon wasn't even in Skyward Sword. Yeah. Okay. So Skyward Sword, it had Link and Zelda, and it had... I'm not going to spoil it, but a big bad. Later on, that big bad will be reincarnated as ganon and link and zelda will also both be reincarnated so it's sort of like a lot of these games have different links different zeldas usually the same ganon but it's just reincarnations so yeah skyward sword took place hundreds and possibly thousands of years prior to ocarina of time
0: wait wait so is link like the avatar like he can get reincarnated what
2: Pretty much,
1: yeah. They don't even have to be like related by blood or anything. Sometimes they are, but not always. Yeah, that's why establishing a Zelda timeline has always seemed kind of weird to me, because so much of it seems to be based around this idea of history repeating itself and the main players always being reincarnated, that they might as well all be separate timelines. They might as well all just be variations on the same story.
2: Yeah, I'm not an expert at Breath of the Wild, but I mean, I've played all the other ones, and it's sort of like you always need somebody to have the Triforce of Courage, Power, and Wisdom in... Ganon almost always has the Triforce of Power. A character, like Link, will usually have the Triforce of Courage, and Zelda will have the One of Wisdom. So, yeah, it's sort of like reincarnation. I don't know if it's direct reincarnation. You definitely don't retain the memories of your older self, but yeah. That's, that's what happened.
0: That's interesting. I did not know that part about the Zelda lore. I knew about the different timelines, but I was under the assumption that it was like the same Link, but I did not know about Reincarnation Link. That's actually quite interesting. Yeah.
1: It's almost a shame that they don't play with that aspect of it more, though, because all the Links, they end up being very similar, whereas like the only one I can think of that plays any different at all is uh, Wind Waker Link, where he's kind of like a doofus. He's like... I wish they played more with reincarnating Link as a different type of person rather than the same completely stoic, you know, stony-faced hero type. Whereas, like I said, in Wind Waker, you get this, like, kind of goofy kid who's, like, a little slow and, like, very sincere and silly and stuff, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It seems like if you have a reincarnation baked into it, there should be more opportunity to play with uh, different types of heroes there.
2: If we're only counting the canon games, I think that I can count ten different Links. Wow. But maybe I'm missing one. Yeah, So, and that's assuming that one of them was in five different games. Wow. So, yeah.
0: Earlier on, I joked about Nintendo starting Zelda's 35th anniversary a little bit earlier this year, but obviously that was a joke. But guys, what do you think Nintendo is planning for Zelda's 35th? Like, we've already seen what they had in store for Mario. They released the 3D... All-Stars collection, we talked about this on the previous episode, but what about Zelda? What do you guys think, before I get into my speculation, what's going to happen next year with Nintendo, what do you guys think Nintendo's got in plan for Zelda?
1: I think, first of all, it'll probably be an anniversary celebration that takes place over like six months again. I think they'll probably (laughs) do weird timed exclusive stuff again for no reason. Like, this will probably stretch from September of next year into like... March, just because I think they can get away with it. (laughs) People seem to be half accepting of what's going on with Mario. As for what they're going to do specifically, I don't know, honestly. Like It's not the same situation where they can just port all the 3D Zeldas to Switch or something, because so many of them have already been remastered, right? They already did Wind Waker, Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, and Twilight Princess ports or remakes. So I think the only one they haven't really done is skyward sword right which as i understand it isn't one of the more popular ones yeah yeah so i mean i don't know that they have a ton of tools left at their disposal for zelda i know people like there were long rumors of uh zelda maker type thing which they kind of ended up doing in the Link's awakening remake but
0: oh that's interesting
1: yeah it could work but it's complicated it would be hard to get that done i mean yeah i don't know they might just do a collection of like I said, the main 3D Zeldas that they've already done remakes of, but that wouldn't be nearly as exciting as this All-Stars 1 because they've already been remade and remastered before, right? Yeah,
2: if you recall, though, back on the GameCube, there was a Legend of Zelda Collector's Edition, which had Zelda 1 and 2, and I think it also had, had Ocarina of Time and Master Quest and also Majora's Mask. Right. So that was four different games, so they might do something similar. That's true. Though, you're right, I doubt that they're going to remake Ocarina of Time again for the Switch. So maybe they'll do 1, 2, A Link
1: to the Past, and, I don't know, the Oracle games? Yeah, maybe do some of the 2D ones in the Link's Awakening style, maybe? That could be work. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, I would like to see them do something with Zelda too, because that's kind of the black sheep of that franchise, right? Like, that's a 2D side-scrolling action game rather than the top-down view, isn't it?
2: Yeah, yep. Uh, it, surprisingly, it's one of my favorite Zelda games, even though everybody hates it. But, okay. you know, I got those weird opinions. <laughs> yeah, it, but it's definitely much different.
0: Listen, if you like Zelda side scrollers, have you heard of the Philips CDI? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I heard that had, like, two good, really good masterpiece uh, type of games.
1: That's what I want to see next year. The Legend of Zelda CD All-Stars. Right? Yeah. Yeah, because when you mentioned, that it's weird that Nintendo is passing the reins over to someone else, I'm like, eh, it's not the first time. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I guess that makes it even weirder, because it didn't work out the first time. So... Yeah. I
2: actually played Wand of Gamelon, and, uh, uh... Shoot, I already forgot what the other one was called. Faces of Evil? Yeah, I played both of those. And you know what? I played them on an emulator, to be
1: fair. Aww. Um... Mm. i enjoyed them i don't have a Philips cdi
0: <laughs> you're not getting the authentic experience
1: this is the guy who said last week he's not into piracy well i <laughs> this was when i was into piracy <laughs> people change
2: this was probably 10 years ago i actually did a let's play and it got pretty popular until game grumps did it um and then sort of kicked me off of the youtube algorithm but yeah so it was pretty fun i loved those games
0: they're the best Zelda games. Yeah. Well thank you for your opinion, Eric, about Zelda. I'm sure all the Zelda fans listening to this would agree with you, with Zelda two and Wand of Gamelon and Face of Evil being the the real trilogy of Zelda games that everybody <laughs> should play.
2: Yeah, so let's do a breakdown. First, I say that I don't like the Zelda timeline. Then I say that my favorite is Zelda 2, as well as the CDI games. Then I say, I've played all of them except for Breath of the Wild, so <laughs> they'll appreciate that. I started this off by saying that I don't think the new Hyrule Warriors game was going to be canon, and then I was immediately shut down by that. <laughs> so
1: um yeah. Uh Resident Zelda expert.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm the Resident Zelda expert. That's funny because I... <laughs> yeah,
1: you which... are. I've only played Breath of the Wild and Ocarina of Time. I don't yeah. know about Alan John, but he didn't seem to know about the timeline or anything. So I think you are a Zelda expert. I bet. Then also I said that there were 10 different links. I'm waiting for somebody to come to. Well,
2: <laughs> actually, there were 11.
0: <laughs> Getting back to the Zelda 35th, uh, speculation. Here's what I think. They're definitely going to release the Link's uh, Link to the Past, I think, on the uh, virtual console. If that's I thought what you it's were going to say
1: Link's Crossbow Training. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, I forgot about that one. That's the big release. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> what else? Um, so I don't think they're going to make another like Link's Awakening remake just yet, because what other types of 2D Legend of Zelda games would they be able to port? other than Link's Awakening. is there? There's Minish Cap, Four Swords. They might do Four Swords. Four mm-hmm. Swords
1: would be good. Also- yeah, they're big on the uh, local co-op with uh, the Switch lately. And as we mentioned last week, that the Four Swords on DSi or 3DS is completely lost to time. So <laughs> that might be a good candidate for a port.
0: <laughs> yeah, just make it like two weeks exclusive like they did on the three, <laughs> uh, on the DSi.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah,
0: aren't those like? Didn't you have to buy all the different copies, uh, all the different versions?
2: It's not like it's not like Pokemon. Um, you know, the two Pokemon games. Uh, it's Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons are completely different games, but you can play them in either order. And there's sort of a secret ending if you play both. So there there are benefits to having both, but you it's not like exclusive pokemon for each one there's different regions they take place in completely different um
0: timelines uh land
1: no no same
2: timeline but different lands different links same link okay it's they're they're both the same link as the link from a link to the past Hmm. and the same one is the link from Link's awakening i believe And the same one is the old man from A Link Between Worlds, I believe. I I know that you appreciate all of this information, by the way.
0: I really do. (laughs) Like, I really needed this, especially right now in my life, where I'm doing a complete uh, Zelda playthrough. I
1: can't wait until we get to Kingdom Hearts 35th anniversary, so you can explain that whole timeline to us. (laughs) Oh, I
2: will. I will. I will explain Kingdom Hearts. So
0: basically, you start with the card game that came out on the GBA, right? No, you right? idiot.
2: You played that second. God, pay attention.
0: No, we're not doing this. We're not doing this. We're What's machete this. order for Kingdom Stop Hearts? Stop this discussion.
2: Oh, um, get out of here. Release order or bust.
1: Sorry, Alan John keeps trying to get us back on track.
0: Guys, I've got, like, insane theories for Zelda 35th, all All right? We've got two theories. Okay. First theory uh, Nintendo does a proper Zelda 35th. They're going to release Wind Waker on the Switch. They're going to release, what's it called, Twilight Princess on the Switch. You know? Because those were already ports to the Wii U. Like, they've got the source code. They can easily port it. They're just waiting for a good occasion and, like, a good date to make it. I don't know, let's say through a three month exclusive, let's say, or maybe like two, or maybe like three days. You've got three days to download Twilight Princess.
1: It'll probably be alternating days. Like Wind Waker's up for one day, then it goes down, Twilight Princess goes up, and then vice versa. Yeah. For like maybe like two, three weeks.
0: Well, that makes perfect sense, really. <laughs> just Nintendo. They're masterminds.
1: I would like to see them release those, though, because I don't like anything being stranded on the Wii U. Like I I don't think it's enough to make a full f- anniversary celebration out of, but it would be a nice little bonus, kind of like 3D World is kind of a nice little bonus for the Mario 35th anniversary.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. But you guys noticed something weird that Nintendo announced a Zelda game out of the blue, and it's not even the 35th anniversary yet? I've got a theory about that. Now, they either did it because they don't want this release to be overshadowed by all the other Zelda releases they've got planned. Like, maybe there is, like, a new 2D Zelda. Maybe, who knows, maybe next year we're gonna actually see Breath of the Wild 2. Maybe, like, a holiday 2021 release. Who knows? But, what if this year, I mean, next year, Nintendo isn't actually going to do anything major for Zelda 35th, okay? Listen, wait, listen to me, listen. Because I don't know if you kids remember, five years ago, there was the exact same situation. We had Nintendo and its 30th anniversary of Zelda. Coincidentally, it was the 30th anniversary of what other franchise? Do any of you know? Metroid. Yes. Yes, and what did Nintendo do for the 30th anniversary of Metroid?
1: Metroid Prime Federation Force, probably.
0: (laughs) Was that actually at the 30th anniversary?
1: Uh, No, it was probably a couple years before.
0: What was it? It was like a a Rocket League knockoff or something. At least shown first is that.
2: (sighs) I don't even remember now. I don't think anybody played it.
0: Yeah, but I remember that the ending to that game actually tied in somehow to the Prime uh, Trilogy, I think. Or Prime oh, Hunters. Really? Yeah, like I'm not even joking. Like You have to save Samus in the final part of that game, <laughs> I think.
1: <laughs> it's canon. You're yeah, not going to understand it's... Prime 4 unless you played it?
0: Yeah, it's another Kingdom Hearts situation, you know? Oh no, I shouldn't have said that.
1: Okay. <laughs> There's no such
2: thing as a Kingdom Hearts spinoff game because they're all canon. <laughs> Except for... Yeah, no nope, they're all canon. There you go.
0: So what I'm saying is that... You know, we all know that Metroid 4... Uh, M- Metroid Prime 4, like Metroid 4 came out decades ago. Metroid <laughs> Prime 4 is in development. <laughs>
2: decades.
0: Yeah. So it's in development right now. They just got in a new executive producer, I think, or they're looking... For one so it's gonna start development real soon i'm sure of it it's definitely not in development hella at retro studios but what i'm saying metroid prime trilogy hasn't been released yet on switch i don't think it was even released for the wii u in hd um no nope. so they probably will start off the year with metroid 35th anniversary they're gonna apologize to everyone for Federation Force, and for their (laughs) neglect of Metroid five years ago.
1: By announcing a Prime Pinball (laughs) (laughs) re-release.
0: I heard good things about that game, actually. I heard like legitimately good things that it's really underrated, and it's actually a really good pinball game. There was actually speculation, but there were rumors about the studio that made the Samus Returns remake, I mean, Metroid 2 remake, That was called Samus Returns on the 3DS. I should play that now that I have a 3DS, actually. <laughs> that they were actually working on Metroid 5. Because those for those who don't know, the most recent game, canonically speaking, in the Metroid lore is uh, Metroid F- Fusion. The game that was released for the uh, Game Boy Advance. Yes, that long ago.
1: 2003, I think. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's not Prime 3. It's not Other M. Oh my god, I forgot about Other M. Yeah, I think Nintendo is going to release Metroid Prime 4 next year. Uh, it's already done practically. I mean, they're just doing finishing touches by getting a new lead executive producer on it you know (laughs) and release all the metroid games not just the prime trilogy they're going to remaster zero mission metroid one again in hd metroid two uh metroid three
1: Wait, what's metroid three is that fusion no i thought fusion was four i'm not sure oh
0: my god how do i not know this all right anybody listening to this podcast please correct me because i'm too lazy to google it right now while recording, so look yeah, look that up, and yeah, they're 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 gonna they're gonna apologize. Uh, Satoru Iwata, or oh wait no. Oh Super
1: need... Metroid, we're fucking stupid. <laughs>
0: that was oh, the third one. Super Metroid. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're... Oh my god, cut that How out.
0: Like that's the best one, I think. Yeah, we're dumb. A lot of people say, but yeah, they're gonna re- they need to re-release Super Metroid. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my uh, god, they do.
0: Make a remake, please. You give it HD. I don't know what they do. Remaster it, please. It's <laughs> such a great game. That's that's a game that I could call like a 10. Like, it's flawless, really.
1: I haven't played it, unfortunately.
0: Oh, you should. Does anybody else have any opinions on my Metroid 35th anniversary?
2: <laughs> no, I don't.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I... I like the idea because I would like to see Metroid get more love, but I. I don't know. It's hard to wonder if they go that far in on celebrating Metroid when they seem so reticent to do anything else for it. I could see them doing, like, the. uh, Well, not Virtual Console, but the Nintendo Switch Online re releases of some of those games if they're not already on there. And. But. I don't know. I, I don't know if I see the rest of it. If. I don't know. I mean, they did do Samus Returns recently, and I think that did well for them on the 3DS. I don't know, maybe they would do a Super Metroid or something. I don't think we're going to see Prime 4 next year. (laughs) I would like to see it. I think there's more there to work with than there is with Zelda right now. So it would make sense.
0: Yeah, well, like, I'm a big Metroid fan personally, but only of the 2D Metroids because I've never gotten the chance or the opportunity to play any of the 3D ones. Like, I heard great things about the Prime Trilogy, but I was under the assumption that you needed... A Wii to play it because of the motion controls but now i hear that they actually don't like it emulates quite perfectly on pc so i might check that out after i get a legitimate copy of the metroid prime trilogy from nintendo <laughs> and only then after ripping the rom legally onto my computer and emulating it that's how i'm gonna enjoy the metroid prime experience okay thank you nintendo
1: the first two were originally for GameCube, weren't they? So. Oh yeah,
0: oh yeah, you're right. yeah.
1: So they, yeah, they weren't even designed with motion controls or pointer controls in mind.
0: And I heard really good things about other M. <laughs> and I heard people telling me, "Oh, you should start with that one. That one's the best." So,
1: <laughs> Playing release order. And I heard really, really good things about Federation Force. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I just wanted to add that I lied. I have played a. Uh, to a 3D Metroid, and it was Prime Hunters for the Nintendo DS, and wow, that game, when it came out for the Nintendo DS in
1: 2006, was it? I'm not sure. 2005? I still got my Metroid Wikipedia page up, <laughs> I can check for you.
0: Yeah, check it out, because...
1: 2006.
0: 2006, okay, not that ahead of its time, but still pretty ahead of its time, you gotta remember, the Nintendo DS was the first gaming console, I think, with Wi-Fi. I don't think the first PSP had Wi-Fi. I might be wrong. So in Metroid, Prime Hunters was a game that had online multiplayer. That was a first-person shooter with online multiplayer, and I played that game a lot. Like, you could choose different hunters, and I I remember playing, uh, like, Deathmatch with the hunter whose morph ball could climb on walls and what i did was i basically like (laughs) uh, being the i am i just (laughs) i just crawled up into a wall into a corner and just waited until there was one guy left and then i just sniped him out of somewhere that game was so fun like you're you're playing it on a 3d yet on a not on a DS, not even a 3DS, like a DS, and controlling your first-person view with touchscreen. That, that game was amazing, really, and that's all I have to say. Have any of you guys been playing any games recently?
2: Yeah, I actually have been playing two different games. Funny enough, they were, they're both time-related games. I'm studying for the bar exam, so I don't have a whole lot of time to play a lot right now, but I played A Hat in Time recently for the first time. So that was really fun, and then more recently I was playing actually Samurai Jack Battle Through Time. I'm gonna have a review of that up on the website pretty soon. Mm-hmm. I just I just completed it a couple days ago. Uh, both of them are really fun. I I'm gonna recommend both of them. Although I'm sure a lot of people have already played A Hat in Time, but yeah, the Samurai Jack game is pretty fun too. It reminds me a lot of the sort of older God of War games, surprisingly enough, in the way that you know the game is played. But yeah, that's really all I've been playing lately. What about you, Steven?
1: I've been playing that Tony Hawk Pro Skater remaster, or remake on PS4, which is, as everyone else has been saying, excellent. (laughs) That game is... They didn't change anything, really. Like, it's exactly how you remember it, but it's really, really good right from the get-go. I think it has a few new challenges added in, and they let you reverse in the early games, because I don't think you could in the very first ones, which just makes the whole thing a lot like faster and more fluid and smooth for you know, connecting combos and stuff like that. But really, it's pretty much how you remember these games playing back in the day. And it's a lot of fun. I really can't recommend those games enough. If you have any connection to those games from your youth, or if you like those kind of like fast-paced action games, just like comboing high score, addictive arcade type of gameplay, that stuff is really, really good.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited about that. I'm prob- That's probably going to be towards the top of my list of things to play as soon as... I'm done with the stupid exam in October. <laughs> so I'm excited for hopefully it. Hopefully in October. <laughs> yeah, hopefully.
1: Yeah. I think what, what's really surprised me about Tony Hawk is, it as, I mean, I guess I knew this in kind of an abstract way, but not having played him in so long, I'm surprised how much it epitomizes the, like, angry skate punk culture of uh, mm-hmm. of the 90s to the point where, like, if this came out today, it would almost feel like a parody. Like, everything in it is, all the music is very, like, Kind of angry, aggressive punk music, except for, like, the odd ska song, like, Superman. And, like, everything in it is just, you know, you go to a, you know, one of the levels is a school, and you have to destroy all the bells. Or you go to a downtown area, and you have to destroy signs that say, no skating. You go to another part of the city, and you have to destroy, like, the uh, sirens on cop cars. Like, it's all very anti-authority stuff and i don't know there's something that i find really funny about it that that's such a stereotype for skaters and this game just completely embraces it and has fun with it <laughs> it's that's that's yeah. been really interesting too
0: it's gonna be really exciting yeah is it out for pc
2: yet
1: uh epic game store is exclusive i'm not sure if it's a timed exclusive or if it's uh stuck on there permanently but it is out on pc
0: i always wanted to get into more tony hawk games because the only one i've played was on pc it was american wasteland it was a very interesting experience for me because that port on pc stinks it's really poop. (laughs) i don't know how else to explain it you just can't port those controls onto keyboard and mouse and this was before i had a proper controller so i had to use the numpad to control like my skateboard (laughs) It's not fun. It's not. It's, mm-mm. but it's that fun. Awful, honestly. It's still fun because it's a Tony Hawk American Wasteland. Like that's a really good game. It really is, and it's it's fun. Like you do all these manuals, all these tricks. You hit Ben Affleck in the face with your skateboard. Nice. There's actually, yeah, that that's actually part of the game. I didn't make <laughs> that up. It 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 was an awesome awesome game. So you know I hope after they do this they do uh underground tony hawks underground after that they get american wasteland cuz you know that game I'd love to see that game in HD I, I tried to play it recently through a PlayStation 2 emulator it was fine but like I want to get the, the new experience I want to hit I want to see Ben Affleck in 4K you know what I mean
1: <laughs> want to hit Batman right in the face um yeah I don't know I think Uh, those games aren't as beloved as the original ones just because like the original one it's such a pure experience it's basically like i said it's all arcade action it's just you go in for two minutes you have two minutes to either hunt down the collectibles they've scattered around or just grind together as many combos as you can and um i know the later ones they did stuff where like you could get off your board and run around and like you had to talk to people and there was almost a little bit of a storyline which is interesting and i like those games too i played a lot of Underground, but. I just love how simple this one is. Like,
0: Oh, wait, so this one doesn't have, like, a campaign?
1: Nope. So it's the first two games. I think the first one has nine perks, and the second one has eight, I believe, something like that. And it's just, you jump in, and they have a list of objectives for each one. So it's usually, like, a, you know, bronze, silver, and gold high score for you to hit, a high combo score for you to hit, and then a bunch of collectibles. So, like, say one of them, you know, like I said, one of the objectives will be destroy all the no-skating signs. Another one will be you know, grind all these cop cars or cafeteria tables at school or destroy all the school bells, stuff like that, right?
2: Maybe they'll remake the other ones on the uh, Tony Hawk uh, 25th anniversary. (laughs) Hopefully. Because I think the first one came out in 99,
1: so what, 21 years ago? Yeah, I'm not sure. Go for it. Yeah, something like that. I think it's smart, too, the way, like... Because, like I said, there's collectibles to find, which does kind of slow down the arcadey style stuff, but even then you still need to do tricks and grinds and everything to build up speed to be able to reach these collectibles. So it never feels like you're fighting the game on how to do these things, right? Like it almost feels antithetical to stop and look around for stuff a little bit, but then to actually get it, you've got to get back into the groove of skating. It's a really clever design. I I like it a lot. Interesting. Nice.
2: So what games have you been playing now, John?
0: Well, while you guys are playing cool new modern games, I'm still stuck in 2014 with my backlog. So... (laughs) started recently playing Shovel Knight for the 3DS. It was actually ported to the 3DS, and I honestly did not know that. But in retrospect, Shovel Knight on the 3DS is actually a genius idea. Whoever made that port, he or she deserves a medal of $10 million in cash and whatever else because it's almost like this game was developed for the 3DS. Because of the 3DS's resolution on the screen. It's not an HD screen. It's not, doesn't have a high pixel density. So it's the Shovel Knight's art style fits perfectly pixel to pixel to the screen. And it looks so sharp, so nice. It probably looks the best on the 3DS just because of that, because it's pixel to pixel, props to that. Also the 3D effect, it actually helps a lot because uh, shovel knight while it's a beautiful like 8 or 16 bit game it has some segments where i'm confused like i don't know if that's the foreground i don't know if that's the background but the 3d like legitimately helps like helps you understand like oh this is the foreground oh this is the background and it's not super aggressive 3d so you could like legit play this game in 3d for a long time and not get any headaches so I love it for that.
1: I didn't. I didn't know it had a 3D effect. That's really interesting to do that on an 8-bit game.
0: It really works surprisingly well. It really does. Like the way the, it's basically just two layers. It's the foreground and the background, and they're just disconnected. And there's like uh, imagine like a quarter of an inch distance between it, between the foreground and the background while looking at the screen.
1: That is an issue with a lot of those old. Uh... 8-bit games is distinguishing the foreground from the background. So using 3D for that is actually really smart. So I like that idea a lot.
2: Yeah, I I also played uh, Shovel Knight for the 3DS. That was what got me to love it. And I really love 8-bit indie games. I know that that's sort of like obnoxious thing to say, but I do like them. Uh, so Shovel Knight was one of those things that I loved it so much on the 3DS. I got it on the PS4, played it then too. So it's just, it's just a fun game in general. But I totally agree. It's almost a masterpiece on the 3DS and... I would, if you could only buy it on one console, I would probably go for the 3DS version of it.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Absolutely. So, everybody, check out Shovel Knight for the <laughs> 3DS. Before the eShop closes permanently, just buy it. Like, I don't know. They they deserve all the money.
1: It had a uh, physical release. Did it? Yeah. It. Uh, that was before the other campaigns came out. So, I don't think they've done another one since then with the whole, like, treasure trove thing but i believe it launched with a physical release okay that's that's cool speaking
0: of eShop exclusives another game uh, that i played on the 3ds i'm currently playing through it is a game that's called rhythm heaven paradise in the u.s but no wait it's not called that it's called rhythm heaven mega minx no not mega minx mega mix (laughs) it's not a mega minx (laughs) (laughs) it's a furry game no, 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 there's like a Megamix, it's called, it's a, it's a puzzle, it's a tetrahedron, octotetrahedron, whatever.
2: Oh, yeah, okay.
0: Anyways, <laughs> Rhythm Heaven Megamix, it's it's called that in the US, but in the EU, like, I couldn't find it anywhere on the eShop. Because, uh, uh, where, where is it? Where's Rhythm Heaven? I heard of this game. No, it's called Rhythm Paradise in the EU, for some reason.
1: I didn't know we were still doing that this late like <laughs> i know that game's a few years old at this point but uh i thought globalized releases and you know titles were kind of a thing now
0: yeah like heaven what w- what's bad with heaven like why can't it be just rhythm heaven
1: anyway
0: it doesn't matter the <laughs> game is great i love it so much the previous rhythm heaven game that i play was on the, uh, the ds and i absolutely love that and this game i think it has all of the games like uh, all the way back from the GBA version up to the Wii version, it's got everything in it, and it's it's so much fun. I love it so much because um, it actually gives you cues on the lower screen on the touch screen if you're dragging or if you're uh, what, what's the opposite of dragging?
1: Uh, you should explain what it is. You kind of jumped into it. It's a rhythm game, right? It's a very silly, almost warrior wear esque kind of rhythm game isn't it yeah yeah
0: it's a very simple like deceivingly simple i i'd say rhythm based game where basically you could either press one button or just tap on the screen in rhythm in key and there's like a mini game there's like uh you have to fill up these robots with gasoline and you have to do it in time otherwise they either don't get enough gasoline or get too much gasoline and they break yeah it's something like that there's one where you karate chop things in time in sync as they're being thrown at you so it's it's a really fun game it's filled with like these tens of tens of uh, you know mini games it's so much fun really and it's, it's a game that you keep wanting to get back to to get that perfect score like ah i missed this one time or this one time i didn't miss but it wasn't perfectly on time
1: it's addictive yeah
0: it's really addictive.
1: I played the Wii one and uh, yeah it has it's like those Wario where micro games like maybe they're a little bit longer than that but they're not very long games but they have that really weird manic energy that those ones do where it's just really these bizarre strange scenarios and setups I think one of the ones I remember from the Wii one is uh, fruit is rolling down a set of stairs. And you have to tap in time with it when it hits the stairs. But they'll throw different fruits. So say, like, an apple comes down, that'll bounce very quickly. And then a watermelon will come down, that bounces very slowly. And so you have to switch up your timing for that. And if you get it wrong, like, I don't know, the fluid will burst on the stairs. Or It's got this very, like, high-energy, cartoony style to it.
0: Yeah, I just finished that that minigame recently. Anyways, yeah, check out Rhythm Heaven Mega Mix. Or Rhythm Paradise Mega Mix if you're in the EU and uh, <laughs> yeah.
2: And if you like rhythm games, just wait till November and you get to play the greatest <laughs> rhythm game of all time that hasn't even been released yet called K- Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memories, <laughs> M.O.M. for
0: short. Is that going to be coming out on the new next generation xbox series x and series s consoles
2: as a matter of fact i believe it is
0: that's great we should talk about that so earlier in, in the week on twitter the xbox series s in its full glory was accidentally leaked and microsoft was supposed to announce it next week and they just said it and released everything all the information you need not only about the series s which is this smaller, less powerful and cheaper version of the Series X. They also announced the pricing and the pricing of the Series X. So the Series S is gonna start at 299 and the big boy, the flagship console, the Series X is starting at 499. They also along this released like a short video describing what the series s is guys have you seen that video
2: i have i saw most of it yeah
0: what do you guys think of microsoft like with this aggressive pricing for like a next generation console uh, be it like a less powerful version of their flagship console it's still a next generation console what do you guys do you guys think that microsoft was forced to price it at 299 because of you know, PlayStation 5 looming above them.
2: All I have to say is ball's in your court now, Sony, because I think that having two options, one at $299 and one at $499, which is really, let's just be blunt, $300 and $500. It's going to be $300. I will, I'm not going to bet anything, but I doubt that Sony's going to release even their discless version for $300. I don't know. It just seems like a great, value to me, especially for people who don't want to build their own PC. But even at those who do, you'll sort of be hard-pressed to build a PC for $300 that'll, you know, have everything that the Series S is going to have. Absolutely. Watch, I am totally wrong and people are going to yell at me, but it just seems that this is actually for price versus uh, quality. I think that this is a great deal. And I'm like not somebody who is always crazy about Microsoft consoles, Xboxes, but I I think that this is definitely a step in the right direction, personally.
1: They are playing extremely aggressively after failing so hard with the Xbox One. I remember my biggest thought while I was watching that video that laid out some of those tech specs is that like it's almost hard to get excited about it because it feels like there's a catch and I just don't know what it is yet because it almost seems too good to be true what they're offering for $300. <laughs> like,
0: Well, there is like a very big obvious catch. It's no disk drive. Like that might not seem that much, but it, it really is. If you think about how big the used game market is for home consoles yeah, and basically not going to be applicable here. So you're not going to get cheap used games for it. It's only Microsoft Store.
1: Yeah, you're right. That is fair, yeah. In particular, with the audience that this is aimed at, the more casual audience, that is a bigger impact than, you know, more hardcore people that probably aren't as opposed to buying digital or buying full-priced games.
2: Yeah, I sort of, for PS4, I'm mostly digital, but I do also buy physical copies, you know, whenever it's more affordable to buy a physical copy. But the thing is, let's say the PS5, I I don't know what the prices are. Maybe, Maybe it'll be announced who knows, maybe even later today, but the difference between going disc list and having the disc is not worth the $200. Let me, let me rephrase that. The Xbox series S if is $200 cheaper than the series X. And if you care mostly about the fact that the X will have a disc drive, I don't think disc drive is worth 200 extra dollars. It might be worth an extra 15 might be worth an extra hundred, but if that's what you care about, I would go with the S, personally. I don't think that having the disk drive and having the cheaper games would be worth the extra $200 if that's the only thing that you're concerned about.
0: Well, it's not just that. They said while the CPU is going to be the same as the Series X and at the same clock speed, they're going to have a little bit of a weaker GPU in it that's more optimized for 1440p, 60fps, and it can go up to... 120 FPS, which basically means since they didn't use 1440p and 120 FPS in the same sentence, it means like it probably games at 1440p, 60 FPS, and very likely 1080p, 120, probably. And it's probably going to be only in side-scroller games. I, I don't, even though they did show Gears 5 running at 120, I don't know at what resolution that was, cause it was, it was a video, it was compressed. It didn't look 1440p to me. Certainly not 4K. Uh, I don't even know if it can output 4K, but...
1: It said it could upscale to 4K.
0: Okay, okay. But it's not like DLSS upscaling, unfortunately. They don't have that technology yet. They might implement it in like a patch or something. It, definitely possible. But here, here's what I want to ask you guys. The difference between 1440p and 4K, do you feel like people are going to be wanting to pay $200 more for the 4k experience that supposedly the series X is going to provide. Like, do you think there's, there are that many enthusiasts, 4k enthusiasts in the market right now?
1: Not really. No, honestly, especially I, I could see maybe more so frame rate being a bigger draw than resolution, but I don't think, uh, I don't think the 4K thing is going to pull in too many people, honestly, no.
2: I think I agree. It'll pull in some for sure, but, you know, that'll also – the kind of crowd that would be willing to spend the extra $200 are also likely to spend even more and get a PC. You know what I mean? I think that – well, I don't know. I don't know if more people are going to get the S or the X. I think that the S looks like a great value to me, and it's the first time that I'm actually considering – you know, getting an Xbox console.
0: I was just about to say that, like, it's amazing how much of a 180 degree turn I've made on Xbox in the past couple of days. Because, you know, if, if you asked me if, what I would be getting, I'd definitely be PS5. Like, are you kidding me? What am I going to get an Xbox for? For Halo? No, get out of here. I don't care. But $300 for... A home console that can play at 1440p 60fps and it's gonna have games that are properly optimized for it because it's a home console like my computer it, it it can't do 1440p 60fps anymore and it cost around a thousand and five hundred dollars back when I bought it and now you can get better performance for 300 dollars and I know there are gonna be PC master race boys you know, listening to this podcast, and they're going to argue like, oh, oh, you can definitely like build a computer that's going to play 4K games at, uh, you know, $300. No, no, you cannot build a PC with Xbox Series S performance for $300. You can't. I think it has a 512 gigabyte SSD.
1: It's also, it's an NVMe, isn't it? It's not just an SSD, I believe, right?
0: I'll be honest, I haven't seen, like, real-life performance differences between SATA and NVMe, like, concerning gaming. But then again, they might, like, for, finally, game developers can actually properly optimize for SSD gaming.
1: I've heard that NVMe is, it's a good bit of future-proofing. Like, we're not necessarily at a point yet where those... Differences between SATA and SSD or super or NVMe are super obvious, but it we will get there in the next few years probably. So I think it's interesting that they went with that. I think that's a really good bit of future proofing.
0: Yeah, that's actually yeah, that's actually a really good point about that. So what I'm saying is that basically the Xbox Series S is definitely something that Microsoft is selling at a loss. Uh, they're definitely planning. To recoup on that loss by getting people into game pass you know they might offer like three months of game pass with the series s so that, that would be cool so microsoft really surprised me basically i did not expect that
2: so i just looked it up the series s will have 500 gigabytes the series x will have one terabyte which makes sense
1: are they upgradable Uh, yeah Yeah. that's actually just about what I was going to get to I was confusing it there's a uh, a leak that suggests that the one terabyte upgradable hard drive for the S will be $220 which is a lot (laughs) I mean it's all things considered it's not terrible but given the fact that it's nearly (laughs) the same cost as the console that is a lot
0: (laughs) yeah so here's the thing here's the thing let's say it's november you are a american mother with two children going to walmart and you're shopping for the best console for the best available price so you see the ps5 digital only and it says like on the box you can play this you can play 4k games with this thing and it's got demon souls probably but you're just an american mother you're looking at the numbers. You see 4K. You know that that's like the biggest thing right now. You see the price. Let's say that the uh, PlayStation 5 digital will be. Let's speculate four hundred dollars. All right. Seems reasonable. Like it's, it's it's just a disc. It's not. It's gonna be the same. It's gonna be the same GPU, same CPU. It's just gonna not gonna have a disc. Okay. So you see that for four hundred dollars, you see the Xbox Series S comes with three free months of Game Pass. Let's speculate. like, And it also costs $300. What will this average American mother buy for her children? What do you guys think?
1: I think it would be the Series S, honestly. <laughs> I think not only, like, it's cheaper right off the bat, which is usually the main thing people are going to be looking at, but I think Game Pass is such a good deal that just being able to buy pay for a subscription rather than going to have out, sorry rather than having to go out and buy brand new games is kind of unbeatable <laughs> if you're you know someone buying for a child or something like that right
2: yeah I I probably agree with that I think Game Pass is a great value now they're adding they're adding more to it just you know it seems like every couple of days we get oh more things are going to go on Game Pass so I think Yeah that... Play
1: is going to be a part of it soon isn't it
2: Exactly yeah, yeah. yeah which is exactly unreal. <laughs> yeah. And everybody loves EA games, right? So, uh, Sony is—they're gonna—they're gonna have to step up their game. They're gonna have to, you know, PlayStation Plus is already kind of a not a great value, and then, yeah, they're just gonna—they're gonna have to play ball. And I think that, I think that Microsoft is—is is killing it
1: right now.
0: Yeah, I don't know what Sony would be doing right now. They're probably panicking at least a little bit
1: i think we're going to see uh, i don't know it feels like we're always stuck in this cycle with these consoles where like the ps2 was the big winner in its generation and then the xbox 360 came out and well the ps3 was arrogant and stupid it launched for was it 6 or 700 dollars i think and that let
2: it was the cheapest blu-ray player at the time but it it was still a hard sell
1: yeah it was 600 bucks so the 360 won that generation and then that led to Xbox or Microsoft getting arrogant and they had their whole fiasco with the Xbox One and Sony looked great right off the bat and they were able to swoop swoop in and undercut and win this generation. And now the new one is starting and Xbox is being more aggressive and fighting and Sony is in probably still a little bit of their arrogant position where you're right, I don't think the digital one is going to be anywhere near the price of the, one, or the series S. It's going to be a lot more. And I don't know, I feel like we're just going to constantly jump back and forth between these two companies forever as long as it's only the two of them. Like, I feel like whatever the next generation is after the Series S and PS5 is going to be... Sony's going to look great and Microsoft is going to be arrogant and on top again. And it just feels like a cycle we're always stuck in.
2: Yeah, there's also the fact that the the form factor that you have to think about. The Series S is tiny. It's like a, it's less than three Xbox controllers on top, stacked on top of each other. Yeah. Whereas the PS5 is just going to be a behemoth. Even yeah. the discless version is going to be a giant. So i'm probably gonna get the ps5 before i get the xbox one or the xbox series s <laughs> that said i don't know if that's necessarily the best thing for me to do i don't know it's xbox is looking pretty 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 good right now i gotta say
1: they really are
0: how insane would it be if playstation 5 is announced and it's let's say 549.
2: Uh, then they then they lose they lose yeah. if it's five fifty no I no they can't do that
0: five fifty but four hundred dollars for the discless version
1: it's still a hard sell
2: <laughs> so the discless version is a hundred and fifty dollars less
0: <laughs> it's got half the storage let's say my God, my guy, I don't know.
2: Let's find out. <laughs> I got to I got to I got to see the announcement before I think too hard about it. That's just,
0: and also what I wanted to add about like the series S uh, I'm waiting for it to be like available for consumers so that people could actually review it and give like real details about the kind of performance you can, cause I I'm still a little bit skeptical. About that kind of performance? It's really
1: hard not to be skeptical. (laughs)
0: Yeah, it's... (laughs) Like, you're telling me I can... 1440p, 60fps, $300. You can't even get, like, a, a graphics card for $300 that can get that kind of performance. Yeah.
1: No, it's... Yeah, I mean, Microsoft has been more aggressive with their hardware lately. Like, the One X and the PS4 Pro came out around the same time, and the One X blew the PS4 Pro out of the water. So, this is just... I mean, I don't know if it did in terms of sales, but in terms of specs and price, it did. But So this is just a continuation of that. But, I mean, yeah, the 1S as it stands seems, like I said, almost too good to be true. Like I, I am curious to see what people say about it once it's in their hands. Funny enough, I'm no longer bothered
2: by the Xbox naming convention. Series S versus Series X. I mean, I guess the, the fact that X and S sound similar, <laughs> it makes more sense now than having say, Xbox 3 and Xbox 4. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I think they made a mistake not announcing the two of them simultaneously, honestly. That was an odd move. (laughs) I agree.
2: I agree, because they made it seem sort of like, oh, we're just going to call it the Series X and with no real reason why. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Because there were rumors about that not long after the Series X announcement, and so I think some people have been assuming that, but it would have made a lot more sense to get that confirmation right off the bat. Mm-hmm. What do you think about the fact that they went with the same two letters as the One S and the One X? Because it is, I guess, a nice bit of continuity for that to make sense, but it does also make it really easy to misspeak or get them confused, right? Like,
2: yeah, it, it's gonna it's gonna be confusing. I think. Okay, so going back to what Alan John said, so I'm a I'm a American Midwesterner, mother of two, and I go in. It's deciding which Xbox to buy. I end up buying the Xbox One S because it's the cheapest one. Oh,
1: God. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, you're right. That could totally happen. (laughs) Yeah, their messaging hasn't been great. Anyways, we need to find a way to end this. Can
0: somebody end this? So what were we talking about?
1: Uh, We are talking about the naming being confusing. And you guys said something about the Wii U, and I'm not sure what Alan Jones said.
0: We
2: could cut it off at, at when I when I made the thing about the Midwestern mother. We could go from there.
0: Shit. Okay. <laughs> okay. Like, speaking of Midwestern mothers, let's just end it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Sorry. It's fine. <laughs> Yeah, speaking of Midwestern buddies. <laughs> okay, bye everyone.